What's up, guys? On twitch.tv slash GamerDelphia, it's your boy, Ed. Um, we are here with the debate cast, finally. We had some technical difficulties because, you know, weather is a bitch and likes to hinder a crossover when it feels like it. But that's just the way it is. Um, on our side, of course, you got your boy, Ed, and AJ here. AJ, give us the intro. Yo, what it? <laughs> you got to love when it comes in. Um, and then also going live on uh, Facebook.com are our friends from the Codex Prime podcast. It's Carl and Victor. Guys, what is up? Hey, man. Yeah, just glad to be here. Glad to, glad to ha- uh, join y'all in this video game tournament. We're about to unfold. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be magic. We couldn't have done this without Game of Delphi. We needed Game of Delphi for this tournament. <laughs> it couldn't have been done any other way, for sure. Um, but we're going to get into kind of like what we're here for today so today is the special edition debate cast and this is going to be a very interesting way that we're going to kind of debate a lot of different games because i think one of the biggest things about video games is debating them what do we love what do we not love what do we fanboy about we we go crazy about this stuff and i get it but i think that the best part about you know video games is just kind of having a full-fledged debate so through the help of codex prime we were able to put together a bracket of some of the best games of the last decade, all throughout the 2010s, especially with everything with the PlayStation 4. And I know uh, us here at Gamerdelphia did something similar to that at the beginning of this year. But now with, you know, hindsight and looking at some of the other games, we're going to break it down bracket by bracket. So for this first edition of the bracket, we are going to go through PlayStation. Because I know with the PlayStation 5 coming out, that's going to be the system that a lot of people are more leaning towards, especially with the PlayStation 4 being the biggest seller of this generation. So I'm going to switch over to the first part of the bracket for those of you who are watching on our Twitch page. So this is the top of the bracket itself. And there's a lot to debate here for sure. So AJ, I'm going to start with the first matchup with you. And I want you to kind of debate which way you're leaning towards. You got God of War, the 2018, of course. And you got the 2018 Marvel Spider-Man. I'll let you have the floor on that one. All right. So here's the thing, if this were God of War 3, it'd be an easy choice, but I'm, I'm just going to be, I'm going to keep it real simple for you. I beat Spider-Man, I did not beat God of War. I'm not saying that Spider-Man is the better of the two games, but Spider-Man captured my attention enough to go through the entire John, whereas God of War, once again, not saying it's a bad game, if I went back to it, I'm sure, you know, I, I'm going to get the edge to Spider-Man simply through personal preference. And, um, and I played a decent bit of God of War. I played like 10 hours of it. So it's not like I only played like the intro level. So the, so from what I gather from what AJ was saying, there's a lot more that he was able to kind of gain from Spider-Man itself than he was able to from God of War. And you know what? Hey, listen, I'm definitely in agreement with that on my end as well. I think the level of detail that... See, this is a tough call for me because Spider-Man and God of War both have their own attention to detail I would say Spider-Man has the edge, I think, just because of the variety of gameplay. While God of War is a technical marvel in terms of how the gameplay works, in terms of the nice full-fledged cut, in terms of like the game, you know, the gameplay itself, it feels like one continuous movie, one continuous take. There's no quick cuts or anything like that. But just the action, just the attention to detail that Spider-Man got um, in terms of its side missions, in terms of the villains themselves. Um, and like the character arcs of Peter, of MJ, of Aunt May, uh, 
the Stanley cameo, of course, is going to do a lot for me as well, just because I know that the Stanley cameos are always something to look forward to, Marvel related. Um, that's where my vote's going to go, Spider Man. And it, this is a no brainer for me. It's Spider Man. I just love that game so much. Like, enough to where I beat it three times, whereas God of War, I've only oh, beat it damn. twice. And that's, including, and that's including the DLCs. Oof. Oh, you did all three DLC campaigns? I, I, yep. You see, I never did the DLC, but uh, is it worth going back to for the DLC, or should I just wait to see if the rumors, too, about the uh, Miles Morales PS5 game? I would say do it, just so you're already, like, you're already, like, well-prepared for when the Miles Morales game comes out, because I'm definitely getting that one at at launch. I just, I have to. That's how much I love this game, like. When, like I told you, uh, when you had your stream going during the PlayStation uh, 5 reveal, like that was the one, that was one game that I legit screamed like a girl for. <laughs> In public, did not care because of the strength of the, the 2018 Spider Man game. Wait, did you say in public? Where were you watching the stream at? Oh, I was on my way home from work. <laughs> Oh, luckily it was like a suburban area. I, I, I thought you were just like eating at a Starbucks. All of a sudden you're like, oh, Miles Morales. <laughs> I, I probably would have been not kid, but I probably would have contained myself a bit. But I was just walk. I was walking through the neighborhood as I was watching it, and it just kind of just came out once I saw Miles. It was a wrap. Vic, are you gonna make it a clean sweep? Uh, you know, this is a this is a very tough match. Um, that well that I put together um, because I wanted I wanted to see uh, two of the biggest games of 2018 uh, go head to head. All of you all of you have compelling reasons for picking Spider Man, and I would say that had God of War not re- been released in 2018, I would have made it quickly. But I'll be the odd man out here, and I will choose God of War um, by a slim margin because um, like like because both games have have a lot in common. They they both uh, revisit. Uh, familiar characters and take a slightly uh, a new or remixed spin mm-hmm. uh, on the characters to give to make them fresh. And uh, I really liked, I really loved how um, God of War 2018 uh, 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 presented Kratos. Yeah. Um, not 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 a full fledged reboot, but just uh, an evolution of that character. You, you did the same Kratos who demolished the entire Greek pantheon in God of War three. Now you know he's moving on to Norse mythology. Now he has a son. And like I love the whole, the whole motivating, the whole motivation of their journey. Like they want to bring like uh, Atreus's mother's ashes yeah. uh, to this to the mountain where uh, the Titans uh, reside, and and all the while you see like Kratos and 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 Atreus develop that father son bond and and how how they made such a simple word boy, you know, <laughs> word of Tony. Um, I also love the gameplay as well. Um, it was so fluid. Uh, it, it was it was absolutely. At first, I was a little I was a little curious to see how they would pull off that third person uh, behind you know behind the almost almost sort of like a behind the shoulder perspective. Right, right. Before four or five, but they pulled it off masterfully in a mm-hmm. way that it was better than I expected. Um, I also liked uh, the Easter eggs that were laid out throughout the, the game as well, and. Um, and also, like, if 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 Sony decided not to make another God of War, 
Um, and if this was like for some, if this ended up being like the end, then I'd be totally happy with what we have. Um, Spider-Man is like I said, is also an exceptional game. Definitely one of the best uh, superhero games of of any generation. Uh, but if but if I, but there can only be one, and for me, God of War gets it by just the slightest slightest <laughs> of margin. So yeah, it's a tough uh, it's it's a tough call. Like this is definitely like that quintessential like. What was the best, especially like when you look at 2018, which with it just being kind of a, a strong year in general with a lot of the games that came out um, all, all together. Um, it was just too strong of a year to kind of make a tough call. Um, so I'm moving Spider-Man to the next round just because it does have a three to one edge. Um, so it does take that matchup. So as I look in the bracket, AJ, let's circle it back to you. This would have been a perfect debate if um, Seth and Marcus were here. I know with uh, the technical issues, with everything going on with um, the storm that just hit, fuck Mother Nature. Um, that's just the way it is. But the next bracket is Horizon Zero Dawn or Bloodborne. Alright, can I be completely real with you? Go ahead. I have only played an hour of each of those games. Okay. So I, I feel like I will enjoy horizon zero dawn more because that is more my type of game um you know what i played a bloodborne i definitely liked it more than like you know dark souls and demon souls and whatnot um but that genre really isn't my favorite as a whole uh whereas i i just looking at horizon zero dawn once i get around to it eventually i know i'll love it but like you know for the sake of fairness uh i'm gonna abstain from my vote unless i'm gonna be the tiebreaker you know what i mean let's see how this plays out um I'll, Vic, I'll let you go next. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I do like Horizon Zero Dawn because it gave us Sony fans the, the Zelda experience. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, it came out the same year as Breath of the Wild. Um, but for this one, I'm going to have to go with Bloodborne. Uh, Bloodborne is actually my favorite uh, from software game. Um, I just, that, that game I actually finished like three times. Um, I love the gameplay loop. I love... Just like how fine-tuned uh, the, the gameplay is, and how like like with most with with most uh, from software games, the the gameplay is tough, but it's fair. It's never cheap. Right. And I also love the atmosphere, like that old Victorian era, you know, plague-ridden, you know, uh, mixed with like um, like HP Lovecraftian elements. Um, I also love the the score. Like the soundtrack is absolutely incredible. Um, uh, let's see, just uh, just and just the attention to detail in that game too. Like every every setting has tells its own story, and uh, and like with any from software game, Bloodborne, like it's a story where it's a game where where since you're it places since you're just like a, a create a, an anonymous character, you're basically thrust into the thick of things. Yeah. And you know it's like it's not every it's like everything's like a it's like a do or die situation, and so the lore. The lore is there to contextualize everything if you want it, but you don't necessarily have to like dig deep into the lore to fully appreciate the game. Um, but the lore is absolutely incredible if you dig deep into like looking at the different like item item descriptions, like just to, like, just to piece together like what the motivations for certain characters and why things are the way they are. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and also the weapon system is is absolutely great. Uh, so yeah, Bloodborne gets it for me. Like it's it's a game that I wish. Uh, wasn't a Sony exclusive, so that like Xbox and even Nintendo uh, players can actually have a chance to experience because it's that good. What about you, Carl? You're in the same boat. Uh, honestly, I gotta go with 
I gotta go with the Horizon Zero Dawn. I do have both games, but I did play more of Horizon Zero Dawn, even though I rage quit. But it, it was just a such a beautifully well created game. Mm. Like the you know mechanics, the story. Like I I wish I had enough courage to actually go back and finish it. Yeah. But yeah, for me, I, yeah, for me, I Horizon Zero Dawn has to be. Sorry, Vic. <laughs> Vic, I'm putting Sorry. Vic in an awkward situation right now because I'm in the same boat with Horizon Zero Dawn, and it's more or less because I think something as me- like a methodical game, like a Souls game, doesn't necessarily speak to my gameplay styles and my gameplay interests more than a kind of like that exploratory action world that like a Horizon Zero Dawn delivers, and also just the storytelling itself. I think. While Bloodborne is more thick in the lore in terms of like, you know, doing the exploration itself. Um, when Guerrilla Games, who primarily is known for Killzone. So let's, let's, let's also get some backstory into um, Horizon Zero Dawn. The creators of the game only made first-person shooters. They, so they had nothing else in terms of experiencing an open-world adventure, third-person action kind of game. So just the fact that they were able to kind of jump into a genre that they didn't know about. And deliver an incredible experience, especially with a sequel coming along the way, where we already knew what Bloodborne was going to be. It was going to be that Souls, methodical, you know, strike at your own pace kind of game. Um, so Bloodborne was kind of like an expectation. Horizon Zero Dawn was none of that when it dropped in 2017, which is why it was in Game of the Year contention for so long, fighting with Persona, fighting with uh, Breath of the Wild, fighting with a lot of the games that came out that year. Um, Correction, losing to Persona. (laughs) (laughs) I see see how you feel. I see the bias. But I think I I give more credit to Horizon Zero Dawn for kind of like that storytelling and for giving us a character that has kind of already grown into the pantheon of like PlayStation franchise favorites, like a Kratos, like a Nathan Drake, um, in terms of like representing a brand that hey, listen, come to this console for these characters because you're not going to get their experiences anywhere else. And that's, I think, the main thing that I grabbed from Horizon Zero Dawn more than anything else, and that's why that's where my vote goes. All right. AJ, I think if your vote if you I, your vote can matter, it could go tie or it could go 3-1. Uh, like I said, I have not played enough of either or okay. to have a strong opinion. Um uh, just based on the bit that I played, because I played about two hours of each game, um, and I, I guess Horizons are done a little bit more my cup of tea. Yeah. But like, yeah, there's no reason for me to make it like a uh, three to one situation. Like, I, I that's not fair. Uh, <laughs> so let's just like you know, go with what you guys said, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll sit this one out. Um, just to be fair. All right. So let me just mark this down for it because right now it's two to one horizon. So we will come back to that in a moment. So I want to go with a more interesting take. And AJ, this is this one I'm going to start with you because I have this on the stream right now. And I'm going to have a lot of fun with this one with you. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Persona 5. Oh, Persona 5, sit down. (laughs) (laughs) I knew those. I wanted to I wanted to see if I can set a world record for a debate debate time and i knew that was going to be like extremely short coming from your end but i want to see what happens okay, okay. so um like i said i'm i'm tuning in from my phone so i can't actually see the 
bracket, but are we talking Persona 5 or Persona 5 Royal? We're talking, um, we have five. So this bracket was without Royal. Okay. Because, like, you know, Royal definitely notches it up a pretty significant amount. It takes a perfect game, and it's like, you know what? What if we made it more perfect? Uh, <laughs> more perfect. And, like, don't get it twisted. I love the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I went through that entire charm. I'm thoroughly looking forward to um, the new one. The way they reimagined uh, the game, uh, I thought I was worried that they were going to like stretch out the beginning and make it feel a little too padded. But like you know, with the exception of like maybe like one hour in the game, at no point in time did I really feel like there was a lot of filler going on. I just felt like the stuff they added to Final Fantasy VII, which is um, more details and more into the minds of the characters in those situations. And without spoiling anything, they did add enough news specifically towards the end. Uh, Tetsuro Nomura went full Tetsuro Nomura um, and did some wild stuff with the story while honoring the source material. Um, so, like, you know, by no stretch of imagination, am I calling Final Fantasy VII bad? Honestly, I think it was the best remake it could have been. Uh, one or two minor gripes aside, but Persona 5, though. <laughs> five. That's something different. And like this is gonna keep moving up in the bracket because you guys are gonna vote it through, am I right? So like I'm gonna save some information for later. Well <laughs> it depends on the it depends on the next matchup, so I will say that. Um Carl, let me get your vote. Haven't played either, but one of my clients that I work with actually owns the Final Fantasy Seven remake. And I have to say I am impressed with what I saw. When I was, you know, when I had to watch him play for a bit, I haven't seen much of Persona Five. I'm sorry, AJ. So, Final Fantasy Seven remake got my vote. Oof. All right, one one, Vic. Um, I haven't uh, had the chance to play either game yet, but I have seen uh, footage of both. Um, but between the two, um, I would have to give the edge to Persona 5, only because it seems to be the most, the much more interesting uh, game of the two. Um, and not to take away from anything from the Final Fantasy VII Remake, but there's something about Persona 5, like um, from its premise to uh, just to, just to, just how see just how unique it is generally, that I actually do want to see it overtake uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I'm putting in an awkward situation and. <laughs> Oh, this is gonna this is gonna cause some rift uh, everywhere. I'm gonna make this a tie, and I'm gonna go with Final Fantasy VII remake myself. Here and here's <laughs> here's why. So I know, I know, I feel it. So, and here's my clarification for it. I did a little bit of a dive into Persona Five around the time I think the end of 2017, early 2018. So I did a little bit of a dive into it. And I've done bits and pieces of Final Fantasy VII Remake, also have followed some playthroughs as well to kind of get myself into the knowledge of the games themselves. I think with like, I think with the Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think it was the game where, of course, we're debating two Jap Japanese RPGs. We have two JRPGs that are extremely, extremely strong on the PlayStation. But I think the edge goes to the Final Fantasy VII Remake because it took a JRPG, a genre that I wasn't interested in, and modified it just a bit. So that way it catered to a style that I can get used to. Because I know most JRPGs are kind of like that methodical turn-based style gameplay. And that's what Persona 5 is. And it also has that 
um, life simulation part of the gameplay as well because it has a whole story to tell with a lot of different characters that you can play as. So, fine. And I'm not knocking Persona 5 for that. But I think with Final Fantasy VII Remake, it has a consistent story, especially one that you had to kind of readapt to a new audience nearly 20 years later. So I think that's what made it a lot harder to kind of, you know, and the hype was so high from when it got announced back in 20, oh God, 2014, I think it got announced. So just the fact that there was so much anticipation for what Final Fantasy VII Remake was supposed to be, and it delivered when it dropped, delivered, you know, the traditional gameplay, it delivered a modified version of it, it delivered, you know, more action style gameplay. Um, The characters feel a lot more personal. Like I feel for Tifa more. I feel well, I mean, for... that, that's 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 just I disagree with that thoroughly. I strongly disagree with that thoroughly. Ooh. Um, like with Persona Five. I, I, well, first of all, uh, the part I disagree with is like you know you relating to the characters more. Um, I, I will give you that Final Fantasy Seven uh, um, lived up to like extreme, insane expectations, and the fact that people didn't immediately shit on it after how beloved it is, is a testament to how great the remake was. So uh, once again, great game. I'm not bashing it, but, but, um, <laughs> like but. the way the social links work in persona five, like, you know, the bonds you build, you have to take time out of your, like, you know, quote, scheduled day in the game to spend time with them. Uh, the progression of spending like over a hundred plus hours and these deep, uh, backstories to these character developments. And that's only amplified more in Royal, uh, which is another reason why I think it's significantly better. They, uh, by the end of the game, all the characters, with the exception of one which they fixed in Royal, uh, had a complete backstory and everything else like that. And then they just took that and they doubled it up in Royal. But I, I, I just find it hard to believe. If you, in my opinion, if you played all of the original Final Fantasy VII and you liked Cloud more than like Makoto, that's one thing. But if you're looking at it specifically from this game it's not they don't go nearly as in-depth with each individual characters nor is there as many in-depth characters as persona 5 um like you know right i right. I, I, I just disagree with that i understand that trust me i i think the i think the fact that there was a there's a lot more in-depth to the characters in persona 5 i understand that but i think you know with the attention that I rarely give to to look into like rpgs let alone jrpgs in general i think just kind of like like that narrow story, like just a narrow story isn't enough to kind of get me hooked. Well, you know, could that change um, after kind of doing a little more Final Fantasy and then eventually Persona 5? Absolutely it could. But I think right now, having kind of like a focused story on a specific set of characters that I don't have to do a lot of alternate things as well to get into, um, which is why Final Fantasy 7 took my vote. We're going to come back to that part of the bracket because right now that puts us at a 2-2 tie. And I'll come back to that. Believe me, uh, I will. I'm writing down all, I'm writing down all the ties. So. <laughs> wait, so, wait, wait, wait. So oh, how are we doing the tiebreaker? Um, hmm. That's a good question. Well, let, like, let's... Sh- sh- mm-hmm, go should ahead. we do, like, the tiebreaker as, like, which one has the highest Metacritic score? Or does anyone have, like, you know, if they're on the edge after hearing it's a tiebreaker, like a final thought? Because um, I, I don't want to just, like, leave it at a tiebreaker because eventually we're going to have to go back to it. We will. And I think, like, as we go along through the show, we can look up, we can do Metacritic scores, we can do Impact. If there's also people in our chat as well on both sides, uh, on the Facebook Live for Codex and on here on Twitch for us, 
you know, throw in your personal votes for anybody watching us, and we will also include them in the tallies as well. That way, yes, we can kind of, you know, give the audience a chance to be that that next that fifth vote if necessary. Yo, I like that. So let I like me that a lot. <laughs> so here, pick persona five. <laughs> Vic, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna throw this over to you to start the next one. So I got two kind of like quick time event games for the most part. You got Until Dawn and you got Detroit Become Human. Oh man. Uh between the two, um I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Detroit Become Human. Okay. Um because uh, I, I really do I have I have both games and I really do uh I really did enjoy Until Dawn. Um I really liked the butterfly effect um a mechanic which gave you multiple endings uh, depending on how many characters survive at the end. Yeah. And um, also Rami Malek was appropriately creepy, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> um, it, it was definitely an effective horror game, and, uh, and, and, and I absolutely recommend it. But uh, The Detroit Become Human, uh, for me, I, I think to me that's a Quantic Dreams uh, um, closest thing to a magnum opus. I think like... I think like their previous games, like from Heavy Rain to uh, Beyond Two Souls, and even um, Indigo Prophecy or Fahrenheit, they were all learning experiences that built up to what 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 we eventually got with uh, Detroit Become Human. I think there was something about this game that, you know, really nailed it on all fronts, like from the storyline, from the from the storyline with multiple characters, multiple perspectives, um, also to like how how logically how logical the uh, how logically connected all the branches were, which kind of gave you an incentive to to kind of revisit the game and, and play out the story after multiple angles and multiple outcomes. Um, also, like the the writing was definitely the strongest I've seen from a Quantic Dream game. Um, I also liked the uh, performances, particularly you know Jesse Williams. Uh, you know his character mm -hmm. uh, was definitely someone you can easily uh, root for. Um, it, it was definitely it was definitely a game that really that really solidified um, the whole Quantic Dream formula. And, you know, much has been said, you know, some mixed things have been said about David Cage, you know, like his, I guess his aspirations for being like a, sort of like a, a, a hint of a pretentious uh, filmmaker, if you will, just in, just in a video game, uh, in for, video game form. But I think that he really, him and his team really uh, hit it out of the park with this one. Um, so between the two, I would say that uh, off the strength of its narrative, I would say Detroit Become Human uh, definitely gets to the edge in this one. AJ. Um, can I pick Life is Strange? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I would pick that over both, but I digress. Uh, no, for real though. Um, I, I, I agree. I would give this uh, edge to Detroit beyond... Uh, uh, Detroit Become Human, I almost said Beyond Two Souls. <laughs> nice. Um, but, um, I, I mean, and honestly, there's a little bit of a bias here. I am not a huge fan of horror movies with a handful of exceptions. And Until Dawn is like a video game horror movie. Uh, it's, a, it's a really, really good one. But um, strictly going based off of, like, you know, what I like to consume on the regular. Uh, and, like, I felt more of an attachment to the uh, characters in Detroit and things like that. Um, I, I would say that honestly, like, uh, my, my personal favorite is Heavy Rain, uh, as far as all the Quantum Dream games go. But mm. I digress. I digress. Uh, I, I would still give the uh, edge to um, Detroit. Uh, Detroit, yeah. I am actually in the same boat myself, only because I think Detroit Become Human has a little more in terms of like a narrative that has something to say. Where Until Dawn is that campy horror movie that with, you know, 
the 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 prototypical you know teenagers cabin all the other you know all the other bells and whistles of a horror genre um movie but put into game form and yes it has a lot of different narratives it has you know Rami Malek's strong acting performance he's really really good in it and also the fact that all the choices the butterfly effect you were mentioning all have little ways to change whatever ending that you get. So you're always wanting to go back and do more, or do something different. But I think with a game like Detroit Become Human, especially with it having a message to tell, I think that's a, that's stronger um, than kind of like a campy horror movie, which, again, if you like campy horror movies, go for it. If horror movies are your thing, go for that too. I'm, but I think with Detroit Become Human, because of the narrative about that game, and also... The fact that it kind of related to me because um, when it was big on TV, I used to watch a show on AMC called Humans. And as soon as they announced Detroit Become Human, the first thing I thought of was that TV show. Same kind of idea. This an- It's an Android company. They're more set as like maids or other household chore kind of like androids. But uh, there's a specific code or something that can be unlocked in them where they can actually have like free will and sentience, but it's turned off on purpose. Um, And then one of the main characters you find out, I don't care if it's spoiled because it's like from five years ago, five, six years ago now, it feels like. But one of the main characters in the game, or in the movie, in the TV show, I'm all over the place, but one of the main characters in the TV show Humans, um, Leo, is, um, he's a half. He's like half... I think he's like half human, half android. So like he has android bits about him that are a part of, you know, what the same technology that a lot of these main androids use. Um, And that's how he can kind of turn on the sentience for the androids. And then season two, you know, which I have not seen, but season two dives a little deeper into what happens now with, you know, the androids kind of gaining that on switch and what happens. Um, And especially how it affects the humans and how it affects their relationships and interactions and things like that. So it becomes a lot more interesting. And then I think just off the strength of that TV show alone, that's Detroit Become Human to me. Yeah, I'll just echo all my sentiments for Detroit Become Human. So it's a clean sweep on that one. Oh, yeah. Like, it just felt like such a... No like, cap. <laughs> so like Android versus human. It's kind of... It's actually felt relatable. It did. You know, with, you know, 100%. with everything going on in the world today. So, I mean, I, I just had that con- I had that connection. Even though I never played until dawn, I think I still have to give it to Detroit Become Human off of the strength of the, narr- of the narrative like you guys previously uh, mentioned. Right. So, let's mark so, that yeah. down. Yep. So, I'll mark down that clean sweep. Boom. We are done with that one. Oh, boy. Um, Say less. <laughs> let's do this one. So I got the 2016 Ratchet and Clank, and I got Infamous Second Son. And I'm going to start this off because I'm going to make this as easy as AJ did with his Persona 5 vote. This is easily Ratchet and Clank's round, 100%, regardless of the fact that it more or less is tied to a... I'm finally living with the fact, you know, afterwards, my my rose-tinted glasses are finally off... Due to the fact that it was built off of a shitty movie. Sorry. Yeah, I liked it at the time because I thought it was just a basic kids video game movie. I didn't know any better in 2016. What was I doing back then? But now in hindsight, I realized, god damn, that movie was kind of terrible. But 
<laughs> Unfortunately, we had to sacrifice the movie to get an amazing game out of it. It's a retelling of the, of the original Ratchet and Clank from 2000 um, for the PlayStation 2, 2000, 2001. So it's a retelling of that original game. And to this day, out of all the games on the PlayStation 4, this game is top 10 graphics. 100%. It holds up even with the advancements of games like... Um, Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima and other games like that. These graphics still hold up today. And I think that's due to the fact that we're dealing with, like, you know, a cartoon animated world. So those graphics are going to hold up a lot more than when you look at games that involve, like, human-based characters. Um, and I think that also the strength of the gameplay holds up still more for Ratchet & Clank as well um, in terms of how it plays, how smooth the controls are how fun each weapon is, the side missions. Um, it's your bait. It's an open world, you know, 3D platformer with collectibles involved in it. The challenge gets wrapped up. The humor is still there, um, you know, in terms of the retelling from the original game. The characters are still a lot more fun. And now with the PlayStation 5 getting that new Ratchet and Clank that's going to be coming out probably around the time of the launch, question mark? I hope so. But just the fact that now you you know you built off of that game, and now you're yeah. gonna make a game that's gonna be even stronger using the PS5's technology, it's easy. Ratchet and Clank, and this, um, also it's going up against an infamous game that's kind of weaker than the other two, as well. So like Infamous One and Two were good, and then Second Son just kind of like eh, kind of dipped off a click. If it was First Light, maybe because it might have more. It has a different character that you play as, um, but Delson Rowe was just not as interesting. Um, I'm, I have not played either or, so I'm just going to take it to the coin. <laughs> so the Hedge, Ratchet and & Clank, and Tails, what was the other one? Infamous Second Son. Infamous Second Son. And Infamous Second Son wins it. Damn, the coin doesn't lie. 50-50 chance. These, these are both, uh, uh, fun games. Um, I really ha I had a blast with Ratchet and Clank uh, 2016, um, but um, I guess for me, like the one, the if there's if there's only one slight to be had with the Ratchet and Clank games, like at least for me, if you've played one, you kind of played them all um, because they all have the very similar uh, gameplay. It's like it's like it's, it's very much the old adage: if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and it works for for the Ratchet and Clank series. Um, but for this one, I'm actually going to give the edge to Infamous Second Son. Um, for me, this. This is actually my favorite Infamous game in the series. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really appreciate. I, I was a fan of the of, of the first game in 09, which I really liked. Infamous Two, I wasn't really feeling that much. I, I didn't I didn't bother finishing it. But there's something about Infamous Second Son that I that I really enjoy, like from the from the Seattle under siege uh, setting to uh, the main character Delson Rowe, which is actually a rare representation of Native American characters uh, protagonists. Um, I really liked this the, the setting. I, I like the the. The dynamic of the neon and smoke powers that you use. Um, I also liked how the supporting character Faith was inter intertwined in the main game, and uh, how she had her her own spinoff, Second Son, um, First Light. Yeah. It was like, um, I, I also liked the how you get to like got to zoom around Seattle, got to take to the skies, and even like do a little graffiti tagging as like one of the main um, uh, one of the main um, side quests you could do in the game. Um, I also liked the combat as well. Um, just like just like tear just like tearing through the streets of Seattle with uh, 
with the Department of Urban Protection on, on your on your heels, and like there was like some other unique powers that came into play, like from the supervillain who had the powers of like manipulating like concrete, um, which, I, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, and um, yeah, I just I just really liked how the gameplay unfolded. Uh, so for me, Infamous Second Son gets the slight edge. Uh, so and, and also too like um, I, I kind of like the fact that you know we didn't that at least Infamous wasn't like milk was being wasn't being milked for us constant sequels. Mm. Like each kind of stands on its own. Um, so for me, I, I had to go with Second Son on this one. Ooh. That's, that's a tough pill to swallow right now. I'm going to move Infamous over temporarily um, while AJ gets reconnected to us to get his final vote. Because uh, right now that puts it at two to one, Infamous. Oh, that damn coin flip. I'm going to regret it. <laughs> um, I feel like this should be an easy clean sweep. You got The Last of Us, which is the original, because uh, part two, you know, we didn't have part two on the bracket. Um... And then you got Days Gone. Uh, this... yeah, I'll, I'll start. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll start off here. Um, the Last of Us was my uh, favorite game of 2013, um, and and of course the remaster for the PS4 is like puts a, puts a game that's already at a 10 at a, at a 10.5. Um, in terms of the narrative alone, um, it's 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 an absolute winner. Uh, the the dynamic between uh, the protagonist uh, Joel and Ellie yeah. is like. Was, I just was absolutely masterful how it unfolded. Um, I also loved how each each enemy encounter felt very visceral, like unlike other games where you just fight waves after waves of enemies. Like each each one on one encounter felt up close and personal, and uh, and also the sound design was absolutely top notch. Like you, like you can hear every shiv, like penetrating flesh, every bone crackle, every bullet bullet uh, pop, um, and also like the yeah, the impeccable uh, attention to detail. Like when you're going through the grimy, post-apocalyptic uh, ruins of like Boston, and then I think it was like Philadelphia, um, and then later on like uh, Wyoming. It's it, it was absolutely incredible to see how that post-apocalyptic setting unfolded, especially with the whole cordyceps, which mm-hmm. was such a, such a unique uh, element in, in the game, which made all the enemies like so horrifying. Um, yeah, I, I have to go with The Last of Us in this one. Nothing, not, not to take anything away from Days Gone. Days Gone is actually, to me, is an underrated PS4 game, which I think that a lot of people should play, especially with all the quality of life uh, upgrades uh, to it since the game's release. It's definitely worth your time. But between the two post-apocalyptic uh, sci-fi games, I got to go with The Last of Us. I've heard the same thing about Days Gone. I've heard that it's actually improved a lot more from its original concept and then its original release. So there's a lot more, you know, skin and bones to it, I would say. And I think just having it interesting where you have like this kind of zombie-like game, especially with a, a game where, you know, that original E3 demo where you just saw horde after horde after horde, kind of like uh, uh, World War Z, almost World War Z levels of just like swarms of zombies that are coming in is just insane to, uh, to kind of see. But again... Um, Nothing can compare to the storytelling of The Last of Us itself in terms of, you know, the anguish of each of Joel and Ellie, the like the fear that sets in, especially in a post-apocalypse with the Cordyceps virus, uh, the fungus uh, taking over the world or basically, you know, depending on how much of the outbreak has happened. Um, 
so I would say same thing. Just just on the, just because of the narrative alone, and its legacy is The Last of Us. To go with legacy on The Last of Us, I played. A, I never actually played Days Gone, but I have played a little bit of the first Last of Us. Yeah, and like you, like you guys have um, described with the narrative, as little bit as I played, I would have to go with The Last of Us. Gotcha. So I'm going to just list that as a clean sweep. Um, while I move on to the next uh, set of the brackets, I know Vic, AJ's waiting to be let into the room. So I'll let you in while I put in the clean sweep of The Last of Us. And I don't even need AJ's vote for that. So that's where it's going to get a lot more interesting, especially since we got a tie we got to go back to. Here, Carl, I'll let you start with this one, because these two are kind of like polarizing games based on how the bracket is set up. I see Death Stranding versus The Last Guardian. Oh, Death Stranding. <laughs> I feel like we just let AJ in there was just like, Death Stranding, Death Stranding. Yep, and that was it. Death Stranding is one that I do own, and the little bit that I did play of it, I was enjoying that. The mystique of, you know, the mystique behind it all. Um, the story, you can tell, like, something that um, Vic has always said, you can tell Hideo Kojima is, like, trying to be a filmmaker. Um, the, straight, the performance by, by uh, Norman Reedus alone. Yeah, I'm going to give it with Death, I'm have to give it to Death Stranding. AJ, since you just came into the room, go ahead. All right, so uh, I will definitely say Death Stranding. Um, the Last Guardian was a flawed but like you know a, a good game but it was flawed uh and you know so is death stranding but um <laughs> death stranding had such a unique like vision and like codex just said like uh, it felt like i was playing an inner um it, this is a better way i can phrase this i don't want to sound generic uh, <laughs> it, it, it just told a really unique story that could only be told in that medium and even though some people might find it slow and boring it's all about those quiet moments in between um, where like, you're, you're kind of like thinking about what you're doing and like the way it connects to the internet and like the uh, conduits that you built can show up in other people's games and vice versa. And you kind of like everyone's experience is unique because everyone has a unique string of different um, structures in the game. And like, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little biased. I like Hideo Kojima a lot. And that's definitely one of the uh, best stories that he's ever written. So yeah. Uh, hands down, Death Stranding. Uh, I love it. Um, it's uh, Last Guardian's no Ico. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before I move on to Vic, what was what was your uh, Ratchet and Clank uh, infamous vote? Just so I can not tally that. Oh, uh, Ratchet and Clank, easy. Ooh, okay. Uh, go ahead, Vic. I'll let while I edit this bracket, your uh, your vote. Okay, uh, my vote goes to uh, Death Stranding. Um, Death Stranding is a, it, it's, it's definitely a, a, a unique yet polarizing game. And I can see why people, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, I really liked just like, just like, just like traversing um, all of those incredibly, uh, those incredible vast and desolate and yet horrifying environments, especially with the BTs and like the fall elements. Um, I thought I thought it was absolutely uh, uh, horrifyingly beautiful in, in a way. Um, just the challenge of like heaving all those packages, and then like having to like um, 
get to a destination as fast as you can. So you get to, to make sure while, while making sure that your packages are in the most pristine condition as possible. Um, I thought that I thought that was a uh, was pretty cool. Um, I also liked the just like the sense of um, the sense of freedom that, that the game afforded just traversing environments and then coming up with creative routes uh, to take to a single route because uh, to, to, to a single destination because there's no one there's no one definitive uh, route to get to where you need to go. And the game and the game does a great job of like teaching you how how to play how to get used to its mechanics um it teaches you what tools are are, are most useful for each situation like if you're climbing up a steep uh, cliff face you can use those uh, those uh stakes to pull down ropes um i also liked how like um as a traversing through the game like with that multiplayer element like certain certain routes certain routes are certain ladders that are positioned in in the most strategic, uh, strategically uh, viable and viable environments or viable locations, they always get like a majority of likes, which people see that okay, this is this is a place that a lot of players traverse. This is an this is an ideal path to go. Um, so, so, so I thought that was a really cool element to the game. Um, but yeah, like just just uh, just the, just the, the uniqueness of it, and just the sing- the, the uniqueness of Hideo Kojima's vision, and also all the uh, perform supporting performances from. Guillermo del Toro's, well, his likeness and his, well, yeah, his likeness, and then the Nicholas uh, Winding Refn, uh, two great filmmakers in, in, in one game, also uh, Leah Sadu. Uh, I, I gotta give it to Death Stranding. Um, Last Guardian, um, that was a game that I was hyped for for years, but then like reviews kind of turned me off to it, so I can't really, I can't really say anything about it one way or the other beyond that. But yeah, Death Stranding gets my vote. Just for impact alone, I'm just gonna go, you know, short vote, Death Stranding, Hundred percent. I think this is kind of like part of the game that Kojima wanted. Now that he kind of broke free from Konami and broke free from the shackles of needing to be tied to one specific character and one specific arc, this is kind of the the game that he really, really wanted to do. Um, so that way he can kind of you know explore what the next dimensions of his gameplay arc and what his gameplay style is going to be. Hopefully this leads to that, you know, Silent Hills and we can revitalize that whole thing. But Konami being Konami and Konami being toilet right now, probably not. So I think for now we have Death Stranding and whatever happens next for Kojima to look forward to. So definitely clean sweep, Death Stranding, 100%. Last vote on the first round bracket, Uncharted 4 versus its spinoff, The Lost Legacy. Um, now, I haven't gotten a chance to really d- dive deep into either of the two games, but for Impact alone, and just because it felt like the closure of an arc, whatever happens with the PlayStation 5, of course, but in terms of closing an arc for one character's story, I would go with Uncharted 4 and just the fact that it is the Nathan Drake finale. And I'm going with Uncharted 4. That's another game that I beat multiple times. I probably would say three times. And for those saying that sentiment, exactly. Like, it was an end of an era for the Nathan Drake story. I mean, even though we can still get possible spinoffs with uh, his daughter Cassie, um, much more uh, a Sam Drake spinoff. Uh, Lost Legacy was a spinoff of... Um, the two female characters whose name I can't think of right now. Uh, Chloe, and Nad- Chloe and Nadine were the two characters. I was gonna, I was going to mention that. Yes, you can build off of those two, which is going to which is cool. So I think there's a lot you can build off of with those two. Yeah, with any of those extra characters. But 
the simple fact that it was the whole thing from one through four, and maybe the uh, PlayStation uh, PSP versions was was the Nathan Drake story. Mm-hmm. It just ended per- to me. It just ended perfectly. A lot of TV shows and movies. It's hard to close. This one was one of those like closing moments that they just knocked out of the park. AJ. Honestly, I'm going to echo there. It, it, in my opinion, just like being real, it's kind of unfair to, um, you know, put a main series finale game off of the uh, mini spinoff story when the games are so similar. You know what I mean? Um, but like, uh, there's not too much else I can add without, you know, um, Uncharted 4 just like wrapped up things perfectly. Um, so And it's like, the other game wasn't bad. But it was like a forty dollars spinoff game in case you wanted just a little bit more. It almost could have been like, you know, super super intricate DLC. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, I, I have to give it to Last of Us Four because like that that was the complete package. Oh yeah, Uncharted Four. Uh, that's the that's the easy uh, win for this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Done and dusted. All right, so we got the first round done, and. So, before we move on, there are two ties we need to uh, dispute. I don't know if any of our chat rooms have gotten a chance to bring their opinions into it. But as of right now, here are our two ties. We need to settle Persona and Final Fantasy. And then we have to settle Ratchet and & Clank and Infamous. Yo, listen, we're not having this come down to a coin toss. Persona 5, baby. Like, what, what is this? Uh, <laughs> like, just don't get it twisted. Once again, Final Fantasy 7 is a great game. But, but it isn't the greatest JRPG of all time. <laughs> like some other games. Oh, Jesus. Persona 5. <laughs> I will say this, though. I love the fact that AJ was breaking out before he left, before he left and came back on. AJ was breaking out through that whole thing. But his Persona 5 message was clear. <laughs> his Persona 5 message was 100% clear. Listen, he could have no audio for the rest of time. And he can hold up a picture of Joker and say, this game, no questions asked, shut your mouth. That's what... It doesn't matter what the matchup is. It doesn't matter what the matchup is. Persona 5. It'll, it'll matter in the next round if it, if it wins. this. If it wins, it'll matter. Trust me, it will matter. All right. So, heads, Final Fantasy 7, Tails, Persona 5. Flip it. And... I don't like this. Wait, 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 wait. I, I have a counter argument before I even find out the results. Let's go based off of Metacritic. Like, pull it up for me. That's that's that, that's a little bit better than random. <laughs> you pull up Persona, and I will pull up Final Fantasy. All right, hold up. Because I already flipped. I haven't even moved my hand yet. Final I, Fantasy is eighty-seven. A, yo, Persona Five is ninety-three. And the coin says, coin says Persona Five. Then it's Persona 5. Like I said, we were going off Metacritic anyway. Just like, I, mm-hmm. I think that if we don't get a response in the chat, we should go with Metacritic. Because that's, fair, that's the fair. most unbiased overall, uh, instead of it being completely random. <laughs> Look up Ratchet and Clank for me then. So Infamous Second Son is at an 80 right now. Alright, so Ratchet oh, and Clank on Metacritic is at 85. Ah, so Ratchet and Clank wins that one. Do, do, do. Let's fill in this bracket. This is going to be looking nice. Uh, we'll say three to two because of the tie break. All right. So let's start 
Ooh, you know what? Let's start in the middle. So here's the second round. Uh, we're going to start with the clean sweeps because these are the only two games or two of the three games that we clean sweep are in this bracket or in this matchup. Death Stranding or Detroit Become Human? AJ, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to give the edge to Death Stranding simply because A, um, and this is this person's preference too because I think they both have great stories. I do have a slight preference towards Death Stranding story. It is incredibly unique the way they went about everything, the way uh, everything unfolded. Uh, um, and likewise, it just seems like the more interesting game with the more unique gameplay mechanics. Whereas, um, you know, uh, Detroit Become Human, almost like Beyond Two Souls again, gosh. Uh, Detroit, <laughs> Do you want to play Beyond Two Souls or, for something, or something? Like, I, I enjoyed that game a lot. And honestly, um, like, you know, gimmick than Detroit, even though Detroit had the better stories. Um, uh, like, you know, Detroit Become Human is like another, like, choose your own adventure um, really well-made choose-your-own-adventure video game that's been done a lot before. Whereas Death Stranding, like, I've never played as an Amazon delivery man before, so I have to give it to that. <laughs> All right. I go, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Carl. What's your vote? Between, what, Death Stranding and... Death Stranding Detroit? or Detroit? Off of the strength that I actually finished Detroit, I'm going to go with Detroit. Oof, that's 1-1. One, one. Uh, I'm going to throw my vote in. And I am also going to say um, Detroit only because, like, I enjoy narratives where I love the fact that Hideo Kojima is somebody is a mastermind of, you know, unique storytelling. He's a mastermind of kind of always keeping you guessing. But I think when you have a story that, while, you know, well told for his medium, can sometimes feel so abstract there are certain people who don't go into the art form or go into, you know, Kojima games who are not Kojima fans that want to appreciate that abstract art, you know, kind of like what a Picasso or a Van Gogh did in back in the day. I know I'm bringing in like, you know, piece art, but again, I have to find a comparison for it where I think with a digestible story like Detroit Become Human, I think, you know, and the fact that there, you have more interactivity, you know, on a nature of the character development than you do on the nature of, you know, player with player with a lot of the things that um, Death Stranding offered in terms of, you know, that kind of like connect the world style gameplay. Um, but still on the strength of, you know, me choosing a simpler narrative, a narrative that I can follow, it's Detroit. Uh, look, this is actually a bit of a tough one here. Um, I, I, I really do like the, the distinct vision of Death Stranding, um, but between the two, I too will have to go with Detroit Become Human um, because, I, as as you as you all said, um, I do like the fact that the the narrative has uh, something to say. Like the, like the themes are quite pertinent to uh, many of the things that we're seeing um, socially and politically. Um, and I also I also uh, enjoyed the supporting cast of that game as well. Uh, for example, um, you know Clancy Brown's uh, story as that grizzled, bitter veteran cop uh, who who has complete antipathy for androids, mm-hmm. um, and also um, uh, Lance Hendrickson uh, for for his for his brief appearance, um, and and also uh, the the storyline where you play as uh, that android Kara, who's that housekeeping android and. Uh, how she uh, rescues that, that little girl, and then it become like a, and then the two like are on the run together. I thought their storyline was was absolutely uh, 
was absolutely uh, fascinating. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Detroit becomes human on this one. Oof. So that puts Detroit at three to one. So that's gonna move on. Oof. Oof. All right. Um, on the on the other side of that on the other side of that matchup, if you look at the bottom, I got the 2016 Ratchet and Clank, and I got Uncharted Four. Carl, start it off. Uncharted Four. <laughs> Easy. I'm sorry. Yeah, your Ratchet and Clank is just gonna have to take a whooping this time. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> hold through it. My listen, I'm a platform genre player through and through, and as long as the the platformer is good, I will vote for it eight times out of ten over a diff, another style of game, depending upon how strong your narrative is. And then without a lot of Uncharted Four experience, but a but at least three. Playthroughs and three completion playthroughs of Ratchet and Clank. That's my vote. All right. So, um, here's the thing. I am biased towards Ratchet of that series since the PS2. Uh, like, I've had every single PlayStation and every single PlayStation, with the exception of the PS1. Uh, Ratchet and Clank has been right there with me, and um, like I, I just have to give the edge to Ratchet and Clank, man. Uh, it's it's just it's too good. It's, it's too good, uh, and and I, I will say this: if you're looking at it from like a story perspective, uh, it, and being the end of an era, I definitely see the appeal of Uncharted. But Ratchet and Clank is just like straight fun, dude. It's just so much fun. That's just my two cents. And Vic is the last vote. Uh, I gotta go with Uncharted Four. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Uncharted Four is it's. It's the better game, you know, and it, it's it's one hell of, one hell of a finale uh, uh, to, to the series. Um, I mean, and 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 to echo my my uh, earlier criticism of the Ratchet and Clank series, like the same criticism can be lobbied with the Uncharted games. Like, if you played one, you kind of played them all in terms of like how in terms of like the gameplay mechanics, and and and, and that's a fair that's a fair thing to say. But I would say that Uncharted Four goes has the edge off, off the strength of like the characters. Um, and also graphically speaking as well. Although, you know, Ratchet & Clank has a more cartoony style where, where Uncharted 4 is more realistic. But, um, but yeah, Uncharted 4 for me is the more fun of the two. Oof. So that puts us at a tie for now, which we will come back to. Um, I'm going to go to the top of the bracket. And I got the most interesting matchups probably for the rest of the bracket, at, you know, before we get to the semifinals. Um, AJ, start this off. Spider-Man or Horizon? So, for those of you who didn't hear it from the chat, basically, I got a, the gist of it is, you know, AJ's voting for Spider-Man, and I know you mentioned, like, I think I caught when the, you know, bits and pieces of it uh, from what you were saying, but basically, you know, the last quintessential superhero game for you was the Spider-Man 2 on the PS2, like it was for me as well, and, you know, not until, not even including the Batman games, I haven't really played a superhero experience, you know, like Spider-Man 2, not counting Marvel Ultimate Alliance either. And um, I'm going to go the same way. I think that, you know, Spider-Man edges Horizon Zero Dawn just a bit, just on the basis of how hard it would have been to, you know, for any kind of like superhero comic book based, you know, franchise to be turned into a video game. And... You know, with Horizon Zero Dawn, with newer, you know, adventure-style games, it's a little easier to do those. Easier is kind of a misnomer. It's at least more streamlined, 
where as long you know as long as you're telling a great story you have a great lead um throughout your entire game you can work with it a lot more spider-man had a lot more to do for that um considering that a lot of spider-man's games after um spider-man 2 didn't really do that hot um i've played um a little bit of web of shadows it was okay shattered dimensions was fun but it was linear it wasn't really anything like what we have right now um and i think that's why spider-man and just the easter eggs alone whenever you have a comic book game you always have to have those little easter eggs especially nods to those who are you know who love the franchise back from the when it was created in the 60s so i think on that alone spider-man takes my vote spider-man I, I just love that game so much. <laughs> but it's, it's just like you said, too. Like, still, even to this day, the game has been out for almost two years. And that I'm still finding Easter eggs in that game. Mm-hmm. Like, I think but a couple of weeks ago, I found out that you can actually um, hear, like, a tour guide talking about 9-11. Which was something like I've never heard, but I've never seen before. You can also find like the uh, the fr- the cafe from Friends, the coffee shit, the diner from uh, Seinfeld is somewhere in that game. Wow. And, yeah, exactly. It's not even just superhero Easter eggs, but it's just pop culture Easter eggs all together. You know, and then not mention you know the story and everything, especially like when Aunt May passes away. Which mm-hmm. hit me hard because literally at around the same time that was around the time my grandmother passed away. So yeah, that I got choked up. So I was just like, you know what? This game just hits me everywhere. This it's, it's literally my thing. It, it's literally it's my game. Oof. Like just talking about it makes me want to play it again. <laughs> Vic, clean sweep. Uh, yeah, a clean sweep here. Um, Spider-Man uh, wins it for me. Um, as much as I enjoy Horizon Zero Dawn, especially the Frozen Wilds DLC, um, Spider-Man's gameplay is absolutely exhilarating. Just the, just the sensation of, of swinging through a fully realized New York City. Um, it, it, to me, that's like that's the that's the game that I imagined Spider-Man 2 on the PS2 way back in 04 to be. At the time, and this one, this one is definitely like, okay, this is what you, this is what was in your imagination come to life. Yeah. Um, and and also, like I mentioned earlier, like the like the the, the remixed approaches to the characters, like the relationship between like May, uh, Norman Osborn, mayor of New York City, and his embittered rival, Doc uh, Doctor Otto Octavius. Yeah. Um, I, I also like the the teaser at the end, which implies that Venom. Venom uh, might might be seen in the sequel, but it's not Eddie Brock. I'm like, hmm, okay, okay, and and I won't and I won't spoil it for those who haven't finished the game. But you you, you know what you know what we're talking about. Yep. Yeah. So that puts the so clean sweep. Spider Man's in the semis. Um. So now here's where it's going to get interesting. I have the Last of Us. And Persona 5 as the final uh, quarterfinal uh, matchup. Yo, so real quick, I might have missed something. Um, what did The Last of Us beat? Uh, I, it I, I got it beat Days Gone. Oh, yeah, that's a dumb... <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so like you, you could not have more polar opposite games than those two, like straight up. Those are two incredibly 
vastly different games. And which one you pick largely will come down to, do you prefer, um, like, gritty, realistic, like, you know, story-driven games? Or do you like the best uh, JRPG ever created? (laughs) Like, that's really what it comes down to. Um, Obviously, you know where I'm at. I'm all about that PS uh, Persona 5, baby. Uh, It's probably not just one of my favorite PS4 games of all time, but one of my favorite games of all time, period. I absolutely adore that game. Uh, The characters, the story, and, like, you know, World just took that and, like, you know, took it to, like, the third level, the third degree. Um, And technically, is it The Last of Us a PS3 game? Is this fair? Is this fair? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, technically, I know it came out at the same time, but... Persona 5 was both a PS4 and a PS3 game. Oh, yo, you're right. <laughs> oh, well, it came out at the same time. Uh, there's like a delay, which is still has to <laughs> I'm trying to win on a technicality here because I know what deserves to win, but I digress. You know what I'm about. I'm about that Persona 5, big B. He's right. You know what? I'm the same way with Spider-Man, yo. You ride or die with that, AJ. <laughs> yo, like, I, I will carry Persona 5 to the end, unless Fire Emblem Three Houses is somewhere on this list. At which point I will get kind of, um, you know, confused. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, to do Vic. Ooh, um, I, I, I do. I would like to play Persona Five at some point. Um, uh, but, but, but having played The Last of Us and you know being the masterpiece that it is, I have to go with The Last of Us on this one. Um, not to take anything away from Persona Five, but uh, you know, I don't know if I have the uh, the. The, the time investment anymore for the JRPG. I don't know if I have time to carve 150 to 200 hours of my of my life. Ooh. You gotta take the time. You gotta <laughs> take your time. It's literally the motto. And it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've, I've there there are certain long games I've beaten in like a short period of time. So i will probably swing it with Persona 5, but I'll go with The Last of Us on this one. Carl, uh, Carl your vote. Ah. Uh... I'm sorry, AJ, but literally just off the strength of that I actually played, even though it was a little bit of it, I did play The Last of Us. I'm going to go with The Last of Us. No, that's whack. <laughs> I played 15 minutes, so therefore it's the better game. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little salty. On the strength alone, and just because of the fact that, you know, we're in a polarizing state of storytelling right now in terms of how yeah. video game stories are told. And, you know, what, you know, we had this debate a couple of weeks ago on the Game Redelphia show as well, archive in the SoundCloud. Um, we had a large debate about, you know, art and narrative and storytelling in video games, especially ones that deal with a more emotional and to an extent, traumatizing uh, level. And I think that when you have games that, you know, can hit you more than just on a gameplay a gameplay feel, can hit you more in the real world than it would at any other time, especially, you know, more than just a narrative. When you leave a, uh, an entertainment medium thinking, oof, I felt that in my, in my chest. I felt that in my heart and soul then you kind of have a lot more to tell in terms of your video games. And especially, you know, looking at where we are now, um, five, six years later. So because of that, uh, there won't be a tie. The vote goes to The Last of Us for me. 
Wait, so wait, that wait, makes wait. it. Did th- you say Last of Us or Persona? <laughs> I said The Last of Us. All right, yo. So like after being Persona, I didn't hit, get for that gun on my chest, but I felt like I lost a couple of my best friends in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. You know what? Can't fight that uh, one. I'm sorry. So uh, that's semi-final. Okay, so we are now in a position right now where we have one tie to figure out before we get to the semifinals, and then we'll be at the finals. So we need a Ratchet and Clank and Uncharted Four tiebreaker. Ooh. One of those games has to move on, so we need that tie broken. Uh, let's see. So uh, I'll look up um, Uncharted Four on Metacritic. Critic. I should still have Ratchet's score up, I think. No, I do not. Yeah, Ratchet was 85. Ratchet was an 85. And, uh, and Uncharted 4 was a 93. 93. So Uncharted, on, on the review scores, will get the 3-2 tiebreaker. Okay, so here are the semifinals. I'm not going to do the very, very hard one. I'm going to do possibly ah. the easier one. Uh, Vic, Detroit Become Human or Uncharted 4? Um, I had to think about the Uncharted Four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Un- Uncharted Four is the is the clear winner here. Um, uh, just 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 a for, for me a, a stronger game uh, uh, throughout. And but hey, but salute to Detroit Coming Human for making it this far. You know, that's Detroit. true. Yeah. Yo, all I'm saying is that Detroit did not deserve to go further than Persona Five, but I digress. <laughs> um, What's your vote? I'm gonna be. I'm going to be sick about this the entire time. Um, I'm going to go with Uncharted 4. Because you might be able to make the argument that you enjoyed the story in Detroit more than um, Uncharted. That's fair. But from a gameplay perspective and just closing out uh, a narrative that has been going on for, like, how many years? Like, what is it, 10 years between the first one and the fourth? Something like that. I think the original Um, Uncharted came out in 2008. And Uncharted 4 was 2016. So, yeah, you're right. So, eight years. Okay. But like, so I, I'm gonna get the edge to Uncharted 4 because it, it's objectively better gameplay. Um, even if you can argue that the story in Detroit is uh, a little bit more in depth, you know what I mean? Uncharted 4, awesome story, awesome gameplay, and it teased uh, the return of Crash Bandicoot, so it has to get a bonus point for that. Yeah, yeah, we played Crash twice in that game, and. Like I said, it's hard to close, and this was one of those endings where they knocked it out of the park. Uncharted four. So that's Uncharted four in the final round. We are so he's so Uncharted four and Nathan Drake's story is the in the finals. Which game is going to match up to it? Uh, do do do. Carl, Spider Man, or The Last of Us? Spider Man. Yep. I said it. <laughs> no, that's it. Boom, Vic. Uh oh man. Um I gotta go with The Last of Us on this one. I knew um, it. Just just uh just just from a just from a narrative perspective, uh alone. although Spider Man did an excellent job uh with uh, realizing the, the Spider Man universe. Um The Last of Us being being a more original story. Um and being a masterpiece told one at that, I have to go with a Naughty Dog's game. AJ. Uh, yeah, so um, oh, yo, this, this, this is a tricky one because I love them both to the moon and back. Um, I feel like 
Spider-Man is the game I had more straight up fun with, but I feel like The Last of Us was the better experience, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, I'm so torn. I'm like right down the middle. Um, and, and and it's weird because like when I finished beating like uh, uh, The Last of Us, I was like, damn, that was like one of the greatest games I ever played. But I just had like straight up fun with Spider-Man. Uh, so. Uh, give me, give me a second. Come back to me. I'll, I'll be the tiebreaker. <laughs> I think it's on you. Wait, no, we still got Ed. Okay. Yeah, you still got my vote. Ooh, th- this is the hardest matchup probably uh, that's gonna exist, and not even counting the final. The final might be a little easier depending upon what happens in this result. See, so you have to debate between probably one of the greatest told stories of all time, one of the greatest sto- told narratives of all time emotionally gripping narrative or possibly the greatest comic book game of all time yes i don't care what blasphemy comes out of my mouth even better than batman arkham asylum or the batman arkham series and i've played the arkham series and i hot take you know because we're all about hot takes here at gamerdelphia i don't like the slow nature of batman arkham asylum regardless of the fact that it introduced it brought us the kind of like omnidirectional battle system that a lot of other games use to this day but just i think just the slow nature of batman i don't get behind but the speediness of the athleticism of spider-man the agility you know grasps me a lot more and i think just because you know with aj touching on it earlier just the fact that like i have a long history with spider-man and yes last of us only has two games right now and that's kind of unfair when you talk about legacy but i think from a legacy of just games that kind of shaped me especially when i think back to the playstation 2 one of the games that really shaped a lot of my friendship and you know really helped me you know kind of flesh out my love for like games in the playstation 2 era and stories and adaptations was spider-man 2 that was the game changer game for the playstation 2 um when it dropped and I think that, you know, be, when they brought that over and gave um, more of a flush to a lot of the characters when Spider-Man 2018 dropped, you know, I just got more attached to it. Spider-Man's my vote. Yes. Okay. All right. So, AJ, where do you – does uh, where will your vote I'm come so, down? See, while, while you guys were talking, I was actually thinking about The Last of Us Part Two, And even <laughs> though the story in that game is – um, you know, divisive without spoiling anything. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I feel like uh, when I think about the story and how it leads into The Last of Us Part Two, um, which might not be fair because I'm not like talking about the game Part Two, but I feel like it set up some a, a really great uh, narrative in that regard, um, and that almost Last of Us won and enjoyed the story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, man, this is so tough. Um, I, I will say, uh, shit. <laughs> me down. Oh, man, this is so tough. I will say this. this so look, tough. Depending on your vote, I do have a tiebreaker in, in our chat. I'm going to go with <laughs> shit. Um. Oh, man, I, I am so torn right now. Um, <laughs> if I could have only played one game, I would go for The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. So that's your vote? And it's like, and that, that's not an easy thing, but I, I, 
Actually, no, wait, I take that back. Shit. Um, <laughs> I have to think. It sounds like in the midst of it's, it's just... Spider-Man, so let's just keep that. <laughs> it sounds like you want... I feel like you want... Last of Us. I'm... I, 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 I don't know, because when I think about impactful video game experiences, I say The Last of Us. When I think of, like, a good fucking time, I think Spider-Man. Okay. Because, like, I would probably rate them both on, like, if I were to rate them both on a scale of 1 to 10, I would give them both, like, a 9 or a 9.5. Like, they're equal in my eyes, but in two very different ways. And that's what makes this tough. Because uh, I'm not incredibly biased one way or the other. Um, and that, that that's where I get kind of, like, you know, uh, drawn at. Um, so, I say we go with... Uh, Let's, let's let's go with the last of us. Ooh. <laughs> oh. So here so we are at a tie right now. So we had two for Spider-Man, two for The Last of Us. For this specific one, I actually do have an audience tiebreaker. And this comes from our good friend at the Graveyard Gamers uh, who came into the chat and I, you know, threw out the question in the chat. Hey, any votes or tiebreakers, your vote is going to count for this. And his vote, we don't need a coin flip. We don't need Metacritic for this. The coin, the actual coin flip has been decided and the split has been made. Graveyard Gamers picked Spider-Man. Sweet Jesus, I need that. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not mad either way. I'm not mad. Yeah, I'm not either way. So we are at the final. So the final vote for to close out the PlayStation 4 bracket for the, the 2010 decades, you got Spider-Man versus Uncharted 4. Let's go. Woo! Oof. Vic, I'll, I'll let you start going, this one. I'm gonna... <laughs> oh, whoops. I... Oh. oh, man. Um, you, you, you talk about one hell of a final match uh, for the PlayStation bracket. And, um, you you know, there's not, there's not many tough, tough, difficult choices you can make between... 2018 Spider-Man and 2016's Uncharted 4 at Thief's End. Um, both both have a, you know, both feature exhilarating gameplay. Um, both have strong narratives. Um, I'll say graphically Uncharted 4 has the edge. Um, oh, God. I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna need a little more thought on this one, so please get back to me. <laughs> that feels like let's all of us right now. Um, let's see. You know what? Uh, here I'll go next. I think. See, here's the thing about it. I think with, with now we got to the final bracket. You got Spider-Man. You got Uncharted. I think in terms of like a game that a lot of people talk about, you know, Spider-Man is that game. You know, based off of everything we talked about, open world style. You know open-ended missions, um, everything else um, that's going on with Spider-Man. But if you had to go up to... Uh, mm, hold on. I almost want to take back the statement. But I feel like when you think of the poster of PlayStation, when somebody says, here's a poster of all the PlayStation char- of PlayStation franchises, you know, most people will say that that poster will always have Nathan Drake on the front of it. Not not all the time will you see people talk about, yeah, Spider-Man, a PlayStation franchise. And I know Spider-Man has Sony exclusivity due to its licensing rights, especially going back to the, uh, um, the original Spider-Man trilogy of movies. 
but you know, for the lifetime of the PlayStation, and from PlayStation Three onwards, when you think of a long-lasting PlayStation character, when you think of a long-lasting PlayStation franchise, it's always, always going to be Uncharted, and on and Nathan Drake. That legacy alone, just barely makes my, the first the first vote of this round for me is Uncharted Four. So for my vote. Cause I need to just get this out the way before, before I hear more convincing arguments and make it even harder for myself. For my vote, I'm going on the which game do I have the urge to play more? Now, I have beaten both games three times with no problem in it, and I enjoy it every single time I play it. But because of my personal connection with it, and like I said, I do want to play play it again. Yeah. Spider Man gets it. Whew. That's one one. AJ, what do you got? I will say, um, and here's the thing: I never beat Uncharted Four. Um, I, I just kind of like know how it ends, but um, I, I'm going to get the edge to Spider-Man. I, I had more fun with it. It was a, a little bit more fresh because uh, I, I kind of binge played the Uncharted series. I played one, two and three back to back and then I started for and I think I got burnt out. That's why I never beat it. Um, but, you know, Spider-Man, the last good Spider-Man game I played was Spider-Man too. It's so, like that. That just seems to stick out a little bit more in my mind. Uh, maybe if there was a larger gap in between. And Uncharted 4 came out this year, and Spider-Man came out five years ago. I might feel a little different, uh, and you know, like that—that that kind of bias is 100%, um, you know, acknowledged. You know what I mean? Um, but with that said, I'm going to give the edge to Spider-Man. Ooh, that's two. Oh, that's two Spider-Man. Uh, Vic, we're going back to you. Are we going to have a winner, or are we going to have a tie? Um, for this one, I want to see, I want to see a tiebreaker for this one. So I'm going to go with Uncharted 4. I want to, I want to see a tiebreaker for this one because on the one hand, I mean, if you look at, if you look at the road that both games traveled in this tournament, you got Spider-Man, which beat, had to be God of War. Yep. Yep. Horizon Zero Dawn. Yep. It beat The Last of Us. Yep. AKA the game that beat Persona 5. And on the, on the other yeah. hand, <laughs> on the other hand, uh, you had Uncharted 4, which had an easier road to travel comparatively uh, against uh, Lost Legacy, Ratchet and Clank, and Detroit Become Human. So I'm going to go with Uncharted 4 here just to see a tiebreaker. So I can so that way we can see an undisputed winner in this PlayStation bracket. So, all right. So we have a tiebreaker. And I do want to, I'm going to throw it back to my friend Grave because he does have a, a very long comment for this. But before I get to his comment, um, I know uh, one person that wanted to kind of uh, mess with Carl and say Team Xbox all the way, even if it is a PlayStation stream. Um, Carl, uh, Monstar401, uh, I know he represents UWO, is in the chat, so he wanted to mess with you a little bit. He, he, he always goes AJ Styles rules. <laughs> <laughs> so both, here's where both, both, so both votes come in, both from Monstar and from Graveyard. I'm going to read both of their you know both of them because you know one could be one and one could be the other and then we're back to tie city again 
So Monstar does put in the chat, um, Carl knows Spider-Man is that one game I wish I had a PlayStation 4. Graveyard also, so basically the tie has been broken. When Spider-Man dropped, one of my homies at work asked me how it was. My answer is the best game I ever played on the PlayStation 4 because it's gorgeous and it makes you feel like Spider-Man. With that in mind, Spider-Man wins the tiebreaker. Spider-Man wins the PlayStation bracket. Damn. Carl's just like, my job here is done. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just happiness. I'm I'm just full of joy and happiness. And I see my friend in the background. Make sure you give her a high five, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> so props to Spider-Man for honestly winning probably the hardest, like literally it went the distance and it went through the, it went through the group of death in this whole entire bracket um, to go through, just like what Vic said, to go through all the games it had to go through and to have much more of a lasting impact, you know, I think that speaks volumes of just the quality of Spider-Man in general when you think about it and you kind of put it into kind of perspective and the anticipation we have for when Miles Morales drops on the PS5. And I'm sure we will go through this debate again once all a lot of these franchises, depending on which ones do, also get sequels. I'm sure we will all come back to a lot of these franchises again when that happens. But that ends the bracket for this time. So we did cover the PlayStation bracket. Uh, of course, in future episodes, we will schedule out, of course, you know, just a quick preview. I'm not going to show you all of it. Nintendo's bracket. We do so also have brackets for, of course, Monstar. We do have some Xbox to go over, so some Xbox One. And then we have some multiplayer uh, bracket as well because there's a lot of, impact of impactful games on the multiplayer side. So we're going to go over those uh, once we get to that point. And then eventually, we will decide a full-on winner in terms of the best video games in the 2010s. So we will revisit that in due time. Um, but we're going to end the show on my on the Gamerdelphia side here. Um, let's do the roundtable as we normally do when we close out the show. But I will start with um, Carl. Carl, our end bit is where can people find you on social media? Everywhere. You can find us on, uh, on um, Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast. Facebook.com slash Codex Prime. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in. And sorry about the technical difficulties. Um, you can get Codex shirts, even though I'm wearing a DJ Mr. Bird shirt, at uh, just visit Crafty Cancel Cuts on uh, Facebook and Instagram, uh, t- on Twitch, Codex Prime Podcast, where I did a um, stream earlier today on Ghost of Tsushima. Um, believe the hype, it's that good. Like I've been enjoying what I get the little bit that I got so far, and I can't wait to get back into it. Um, you can also find select episodes and other bonus content on our YouTube as well. And uh, yeah, you can spot it. Oh, you can find it Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Google Podcast. Oh, Jesus, that's a lot. That's a lot in one breath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vic, what about you? Uh, yeah, um, same deal with the Codex Prime podcast. And also you can find me on Instagram at Victor Omoyo, as well as Twitter at Victor Omoyo. Um, yeah, that's about, I post uh, film film recommendations and favorite films on my Instagram. So be sure to stop by and like a few posts. Nice, nice. Uh, definitely been checking out a lot of the uh, the classic movies you post. My, uh, of course, my wife Patty is a big like classics nut. 
Um, so she always goes through some of the classics that you recommend as well. Nice. Uh, AJ. Yo, so you can find me on Instagram at AJ, And you can also uh, find me on Twitch as Ketchikin with a K. Ketchikin. Yep. Hell yeah. Um, I'll be starting to stream as soon as my power is, you know, consistently working. <laughs> Dude, this tropical storm is just trying to be an asshole to all of us in general. I, that's how I feel about it. Uh, you can find me at your boy Ed Games on all the social medias. Um, of course, Twitch, you know, Gamerdelphia on Instagram um, and also on SoundCloud. You can find the Gamerdelphia podcast there, soundcloud.com slash Gamerdelphia crew. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio as well. So you can find our podcast on all of those uh, podcast platforms. And of course, right here, twitch.tv slash Gamerdelphia. You can catch our weekly live stream of the podcast as well. Uh, we go audio all the time here on the show. Um, if you want to see our pretty faces as well, we also have uh, Hype Fight Nights every Thursday where, you know, Codex, uh, uh, us at Gamerdelphia, and a few members of the Party Nerds join us for some. Uh, giving hands in a variety of different fighting games. Uh, we had a crazy time last week with Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Um, AJ Cheats. <laughs> but, of course, uh, we'll have some... I, I give those hands. We'll have, we'll have a fighting game uh, advertised for you on Thursday, so that way you know where to find us. And also, one other stream, probably, I would say, either tomorrow or Friday, you'll see a stream from me because I need to play, uh, if the servers are working, I need to play Fall Guys. That just, just dropped today on PlayStation Plus for free. Uh, it's also on Steam if you, you, know, you know, favor Steam. But you know, for those of us who have consoles and also PlayStation Plus, it's a free game for this month. And it's probably one of the most interesting Battle Royale type games. And probably the most chaotic of all the Battle Royale games. And a lot of people are gaining traction on this game. So if you want to see something crazy, uh, similar to what we did for um, AJ Stream when he did Soviet Jump Game, go check that game out and meet us online sometime this week. Um, but otherwise, Gamerdelphia, we are signing out. We will see you next time. Peace out. <laughs>